The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to ZPod, an outreach ministry of Identity Matters podcast. ZPod is focused on addressing the worldview issues relating to the millennial generation and their children, Generation Z. Our new podcast series reveals the importance of the indwelt believer knowing and understanding who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us today and welcome to Z-Pod with Dr. Stephen Finney. This is part B. The law lives inside you, fulfilled. Living out the Christ life within you is living out the law. So you law-driven people, listen to me very carefully. When you stick these standards on your preachers and teachers and anointed truth-sayers of the living God, which include a lot of you, know this, you're rejecting the hand of God through your laws and rules. The answer being love is real simple. Since God is love, he says, for he gave himself to the world. He is the definition of love, which means fulfilled law. The act of fulfilling the law was the greatest act of love that Jesus could possibly demonstrate for us is fulfilling the law. So you confused people need a wake-up call. You use the term confusion because it puts the responsibility on the one doing the teaching. Instead of letting the spirit of life set you free in Christ Jesus, who is the teacher, which also means master. Jesus said to Nicodemus that he was the Messiah. You go look in the Hebrew yourself. It means, I am the master. So when we became slaves to Christ, for Christ's sake, he became our master. So to have masters, one of the titles that comes with husband, be master, is not surprising. To Jesus, anyway. Now, serving two masters, that's that's a big issue. Serving two husbands, you adulteresses, listen to me carefully. What you're doing is manifesting this very principle I'm teaching you. Having or trying to serve two masters is going to end up in divorce because no man can have... Two husbands. Yes, men. You heard that correctly. Men are a bride of Christ. They are to respond to Jesus as a woman responds to her husband. The exact same guidelines. 
going out and seeking another God because of whatever your reason is, is going to set you up for what Jesus said. You're either going to love one and hate the other or serve one and despise the other. There's consequences to having two masters. But now we reread that verse going, no man can have two worldviews. He will either hate one and love the other, or he will serve one and despise the other. It is impossible for your human mind to have two worldviews. So when you communicate to me your accuracy of your biblical worldview, there is no impression going to happen in this mind. I'm going to watch your mastery issues. That's what I'm going to watch. You can communicate what an accurate Christ as life worldview is, but it certainly does not mean you believe it. Because behavior comes from belief. Keep Romans chapter 3 verses 19 through 20 in mind as we're going through these final slides. It says, now we know that whatever the law, which is character of God, whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So that every mouth may be closed and all the world or worldviews may become accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, character of God, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law, or character of God, comes the knowledge of sin. God's the one that determines what sin is. Not you. In reality, God is peace himself. And his worldview produces order. It's calm, it's peaceful, it's well thought out. It literally comes from an eternally pre-established plan and view, birthed within the mind of the living God. When and where disorder exists, the word tells us that every evil thing is present. Is confusion, just help me out here, is confusion orderly or disorderly? Then there's evil in your life. Confusion is disorder. Now the word tells us over and over again in many, many different passages, wherever disorder is, there is evil. I'm just doing a little Godological deduction here for you, since you all like to think. It's a simple little deduction. If you suffer with confusion, you have fear in your life and you're bound to it. Two, if you've got confusion in your life, you are defying something or somebody. Probably God. And if you've got 
confusion going on in your life, there is disorder in your life. And the final product being, if there's disorder in your life, according to these scriptures, there's every, 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 every evil thing. Meaning, there are no missed opportunities for Satan. If you think that Satan has a goal and an objective of having you run around looking like a Satanist, whatever they look like, then you do not understand the enemy, your enemy, very well at all. He would prefer to have you go the rest of your life thinking you've got this identity matters in Christ stuff down because you can recite it. You can replicate it like Nicodemus. The end result of Nicodemus's life was the pit of hell. It just so happened that Nicodemus got picked out. God the Father picked him. Jesus said, yes, sir, I'll get on it right away. And then there's the encounter. Stories that have been put into preachings, probably more numbers than we can count. The discussion between Jesus and Nicodemus, which is literally where we get our term, born-again believer. And we also get the truths and principles of the Spirit being in you. It's a powerful story, powerful passage. But see, the law, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you are a teacher of all of Israel. And it actually keeps the word all in place when you look at the original text. All of Israel. He was a big time teacher. And you don't understand this? You see, the knowledge of the law was only producing more death. And Jesus stepped up to tell Nicodemus the rest of the story. Fact is, wherever the mind or worldview of Christ was spread, the goal was, is, establish more and more peace and order. The same principle works for disorder. Where we find disorder, we find worthless religions. Please take this personally. Please be insulted by this. I'm going to read it again. The same principle works for disorder. Where we find disorder, we find worthless religion. If you're confused, that is a confession, you're of disorder. Which, the reaction to disorders to become a perfectionist. Always fixing things that God has fixed on you to get you fixed from always fixing yourself. But you're always coming up with a technique or an OCD to fix things, put things in place so you don't have to address what's really out of place in your life. And that's your religion. Perfectionism is the art of Satan. When you try to fix the fix that God's got fixed on you, 
you are confessing you have a worthless religion. But if you're in the habit of confessing the life of Christ in you and that Christ will work that out through me, I don't know when, but I know he will because I have faith in him. You can wait the next 40 years to have that habit stop. And you'll be one of the blessed ones because you believe that. That you refuse to touch it. To try to fix it. So all of you disorderly people who are compulsive about fixing things and putting things in order, please feel insulted tonight. Contrary to popular culture, Christ does not produce it, and the tendency of unrest and confusion is to drive Christ away from culture, or could we actually say to drive people away from Christ himself, each resulting in the saved and unsaved not hearing Christ from within. There is a tiny, sweet, golden secret. It's called mystery. Paul called it the great mystery. There is a mystery I'm going to give you right now that can set you free and a hundred million other people instantly if you're being granted the understanding of this mystery. Paul was speaking of this great mystery of Christ being in you. Here's one of the most trained, educated teachers of the law that have ever walked the face of the earth. And Paul says, I stand before you trembling. I stand before you without proper speech. This guy was shaking in his boots as he was presenting this message as he began to speak about the mystery of Christ in you. Saying to all these people, I determined to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Well, where do we get all of our teachings and trainings about the crucified, identified life with Christ? From Paul. He revealed one of the greatest mysteries known to all ages, in the past and in the future. Christ in you. It should leave you with a question. Do I really have Christ living inside me? I don't care if you've been preaching for 40 years. I don't care if you've been a teacher, a Sunday school teacher most of your life. I don't care if you've read all the books on Christ in you. They mean absolutely nothing. More knowledge puffs you up and causes distance between the intimacy of the great mystery. I cannot tell you how many times I've given a homework assignment over the past 40 years not to let a counselee read a book for an entire year. And then we'll evaluate things at the end of the year. No devotionals, nothing. 
And the stories that I have of what people go through, if you put an order or a mandate on them not to let them fix their little fix through their devotionals, people freak out if you take away their devotionals. Their dedication to knowledge in books. All books do is create more anxiety. The devotion to them becomes weariness to the body. And the only thing that can, they can read is their Bibles. And even that, I very carefully orchestrate in homework. Or they'll be drawn to the law portions. You see, this is a bad problem in our church today. We are addicted to knowledge. We're fixing the fix of our confusion. But in the meantime, these people cannot have real body-life relationships with other people. So what ends up happening is they have intimacy with their self-love life. There's your cycle of dependence of any kind of addiction. Yourself or heroin. It doesn't matter. You law-bound, driven, mind-indwelt Christian types or wannabe Christian types can tout all you want about the, the sins of heroin addicts and, and sex trafficking and all these nasty, horrid habits that people have in the world today, and yours is worse than all of them because you have a worthless religion. You're able to replicate the words of the freeing truths without demonstrating them because of your confusion and disorder. True identity or true indwelt Christianity will not lead to unrest, to disorder or irregularities of the godological beliefs. It will not prompt many to speak of self-proclaimed opinions, of self-interpretations of worldviews, nor will it justify the noisy, clanging symbols of social postings. Indwelt Christians truly should regard God as the author of only one worldview. And it's the only worldview that he offers to mankind, that of the mind of Christ within the believer. You have the eternal worldview actually living inside your body. The only pathway for humans to know the mind of God, and of course that's to be indwelt by him through Jesus Christ. Then and only then can a person get a glimpse of the thoughts of God. All cultures and generations should always keep to the order that he established in a reverent and holy manner. And with such societal decorum, the people would honor the presence of an orderly, holy, and pure God while engaging in his societal guidelines. And he does have a bunch of them. Now, I hope you understand this number. One. In God's Godological deduction, he's got this weird thing. 
Everything equals one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one. Mind, will, and emotions, one. The cells in your body are built on that principle. One cell has three main parts. It's kind of weird. Someone needs to take him through a math lesson. Because one plus one plus one does not equal one. But it does to God. And the triune of man and the triune of God, the triune of creation mean the cell development in your body. The three main parts of your brain. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. One plus one plus one equals three. Here's what's happening in the world. We have the millennial Jesus here on our left. I just listed out, got the up-to-date numbers, whatever the internet means by up-to-date numbers. But I got the up-to-date numbers of the primary religions that are acceptable in the world today. Those of you who are listening, not viewing this on your PDF, there's a millennial Jesus character standing there, and he's basically shouting out these primary religions. I just happen to have the up-to-date numbers next to each one of those religions, from Judaism all the way down to born-again Christians. But his end conclusion is it's your choice. Or make up your own. Well, that's what most of them end up doing, is making up their own. Or you could look at this real Jesus, who's on the right side there. He didn't take up much room. Just a little statement that says, my father's view, my choice. There's not a listener here tonight that can show me scripture that you choose Jesus Christ. But I can blow you away with scriptures where it says, Jesus himself says, for you did not choose me. I chose you. What gives you the right to think you have the power to choose? I do the choosing. Master. It is opposite that way with this millennial Jesus. You choose. You choose. What do you believe? What do you want? What do you like? What do you... Everything's you choose. You choose. It is a bold-faced life in the pit of Satan. There's no choice for you. None of the 5,301 leading religions in the world today, all proclaiming it's your choice... They're all liars. Jesus said there's one worldview and it's my choice. Why would that be any different from someone getting this truth and principle into their indwelling heart and say, I get it, Pastor Finney. I get it. You don't have that choice. To get it or understand it, the Holy Spirit grants you that choice. 
to understand. 602-292-2982, you text me and I'll text you back the scriptures that say that. Satan has convinced the entire world they have choice. And all it is is control freak stuff. Every time I see someone resisting Jesus Christ in a preacher, aside a preacher, in their family, aside from their family, whatever, I just step back because I know what the next steps are for that person. I'm getting tired of taking things personally with some of these people because they're just simply of a worthless religion. And I don't care if you call yourself a Christian or not. It's worthless. Unless it's Jesus Christ making the choices through you. And how are you going to convince me that this choice, that choice, has got something to do with Jesus Christ in you? Show me. And they can't. They hang on to 45% of their own methodologies and beliefs and control issues while they release a few to Jesus of Christ in you. Here, you can have those. And somehow we're to openly accept that as normal Christianity. It's worthless. You put a drop of poison into purity, it becomes worthless to drink from. This is what he is saying to us. Nicodemus, I have come to take care of all of that poison. Your self-acts keeping 603 versus 613 is worthless religion. I have taken care of that. I am here to drink the poison. Now why would you ever want to go back to being a control freak, Nico? But we do. Because there seems to be safety in the law. One of those issues that Gen Z has to deal with that there's this confusion is gender issues, right? We're going to have a special little sermon just on that because it's their leading issue. But I want to say this real quick. If they think that the church is constantly confusing them over this gender issue, listen very carefully, millennial mommy and millennial daddy. There's no confusion. God has put within this child of yours and within you to know the difference between right and wrong, morality and immorality. It's built into us. The only thing that's going on in their confusion on the church confusing them about gender issues is they want to go have sex their way. That's the bottom line. That's it. You can add whatever you want to it, policies, rights, change up the Constitution of the United States, whatever your thing is to try to adjust God, turn God into some 
perverted viewer of life, he will not change for you. Not a single jot or tittle of the law will change to support your sexual habits. Quickly, James chapter 3 is a passage, 13 through 18 to be specific, is a passage we've been going over about wisdom. Who among you is wise and understanding? And then the Lord, through James, of course, Jesus' half-brother, he presents two worldviews. One worldview being wisdom that comes from the world, and he calls it earthly, natural, and demonic. And then James presents the other worldview, and that is the wisdom that comes down from above. I believe that was the Son of God that came down from above and had to pay this price to for us to not suck up to this worldly wisdom anymore. But I want to leave you with a final thought on this passage by asking you a question. What demon are you listening to? Because some of the crap that I get in my emails is nothing more than demonic doctrines that have no validation through the authenticity of the Word of God. But you're willing to die for these positions. What demon are you listening to? Hope he stirs your dreams up so bad that you'll beg for deliverance in Christ. Allow the discipline of God to break you down so that you will submit to one way, one worldview, one God, one husband, one Holy Spirit, and do it His way. Identity Matter Statement for today. All those who practice twisted worldviews will hopefully and suddenly cry out for a new kind of societal order by reestablishing the original and thus resist disorder and confusion and public protests that revolt against the Lord's worldview. Such excitement may relate to genuine revival that has no connection to the pluralistic religions, a worldview that is calm, serious, orderly, and from the throne of the living God. No person who is under such a worldview can be comfortable with scenes of confusion and disorder. Remembering disorder manifests anxiety in itself and in self, others, and society. Adoption to God's worldview is the only answer to this troubled generation, and a biblical worldview truly does matter to every truly born-again, indwelt believer. I'm going to challenge every one of our listeners right now to never use the word confused again. Drop it from your vocabulary. It came up in the dictionary late, and I think it should leave early. 
It's not a biblical concept. If you do not understand something, simply look at that person, that teacher, that mother, that father, that friend, that mentor, and say, I do not understand this. Please teach me more. Don't say I'm confused. Because you're confessing fusion into a worldly thought. So it's a very easy way to clean this one up, practically. I do not understand this. I do get this, thank you. Yes, no, I've always been black and white the last I read and heard. And then anyone who's experiencing any kind of conviction, you know, I thought this whole time I was a Christian because I'm a good follower, or kind of a good follower, or like Nicodemus said, followed most of them. And you're coming to this realization that you probably don't have the indwelling life of Christ inside you. You're really not born again, as Jesus was saying to Nicodemus who was complicating the mind of God by using his rules. Do not, I would challenge you not to get on your knees and pray and ask Jesus Christ in your life. Unless the Holy Spirit is moving on you to do so. Then get to your knees as fast as you can and pour out your heart And your life, right there on the spot, wherever you're at. If you're on the freeway, pull over right now if the Holy Spirit's telling you. But if you're feeling guilty, keep on driving. There's a McDonald's coming. But if you're under conviction of the Holy Spirit to pray and actually ask the indwelling, the life of Christ to become indwelling for you, do it now. So there's no forced salvations here. None of my messages are ever driven towards salvations. It's just that I hope and pray that there are many salvations because of them. God chooses, Christ selects, and the Holy Spirit binds them together. So Jesus, you make your choice. I know you will. You don't need my support for this. But I pray this message goes out to hearts and minds of people that they listen if the Spirit has opened their hearts to be able to understand. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week as we begin to unfold the theology of self-thought, which has become a religion. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.